Good morning, Vision. Uh, first off, I would like to tell you guys, I love you. I, I love you from the depths of my heart. Uh, and as Pastor Joy or Josh had said, if you wasn't able to meet the first service, get that tape. Pastor Earl, he put it down. And to be honest, it wasn't Pastor Earl. It was the Holy Spirit. Because it's kind of neat, because some of his verses, you would have thought me and Pastor Earl talked. Pastor Earl and I did not talk at all. But that's just the Holy Spirit. Because likewise, I pray and ask the Lord, what do you want me to share, Father? I don't want to give a good word. What, Pastor? You don't want to give a good word? No, I don't want to give you a good word. I want to give you a God word. I want to give you what God wants you to hear. And so while I was praying, he put on my heart a personal relationship with him and what it takes. Because from the day we're born, you guys, we're on a journey. So we're going to talk about that journey. But before we do that, I would like everybody to stand to their feet to honor Jesus. And we're going to open in a word of prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you right now. Lord, I want to thank you and praise you for who you are, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that won't no one leave the same as they came in. In Jesus' name, they will not leave the same, Father. Allow your word to go within our hearts so we can make some changes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you guys will all be seated. You know what? If I was in a suburban church, I may not say this right here. But since you, we're all, you know what I'm saying, from this side of town and we know what the Holy Spirit showed me in my picture is a scatter gun. What? Bear with me and I will show you. In a scatter, a scatter gun is a sawed off 12 gauge shotgun. You normally load both barrels. The first barrel you load a slug. A slug is the size of a quarter. A piece of lead. In your other barrel, you throw double-odd buck. You know what I'm saying? And you have two triggers on that thing. You know what I'm saying? That slug will go through any lock of a door. And then the double-odd buck takes care of anything on, on the back side of the door. How does that have to do with anything? Because in my spirit, what I see is Pastor Earl loaded that first barrel this morning. And I pray that y'all won't look at me, but listen to the word that flows through me. And we're going to unload both of them barrels on the kingdom of hell this morning. You know what I'm saying? So again, wow, he got them kind of pictures, yes. Because once again, I wasn't always saved. You know what I'm saying? But what I've been through has me standing up here. What I've been through made me the man that I am. You know what I'm saying? September 11th. 2001, I was doing a bit, as they would call it. So when I flashed back, all I heard on that Sunday was how the churches was full in the streets because of all that. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times we come to the Lord because of a tragedy. That is sad. You know what I'm saying? Why do it take a tragedy? Allow me to expound. Again, And also, if y'all don't mind, can we give our praise team a hand? Please, please. And Pastor Earl can verify it and testify just like Pastor Joy and Josh. When they usher in the presence of God in this place, it's not hard to come up here. God's already here. You know what I'm saying? And that is just awesome to me. 
You know what I'm saying? And to me, I just want to love him and thank him. Psalms 22, verse 3. But you are holy, O you who dwell in the holy place where the praise of Israel are offered. And to me, that's what our praise team do. I take my hat off to you girls and to you guy. You know what I'm saying? It is awesome. You usher in the presence of God. You soften the hearts. So then the word can go forth. And again, I pray that you will not see me. But I pray you will just listen to the words. I would like to take you on a journey this morning. And that journey will be steps in having a personal relationship with God. For that's what it takes. And I'm not telling you something I read in a book. I'm telling you something that I lived. I lived it. The penitentiary was probably the best thing that ever could have happened to me. I got to see people make that personal choice that they're going to serve God, not because mom and dad want them to, but because guess what? It's because what they want to do. And we're on a journey, believe it or not, from the day we're born. We got a cute little uh, baby girl walking around. She is so cute. Me and my wife was just looking at her today. Even cuter because she belonged to somebody else. But <laughs> at the same time, on a journey. And that journey is how can we make it to heaven, you guys, from the day we're born to the day we die. Do you know you're born to die? You really are. So if it's something we're going to face, what about after death? And that's the journey I want to talk about. The personal relationship that we have with God. It talks about it in Romans 12 and 2. And this this was Earl's opening verse. And when I saw it, I'm like, Dorinthia, look at this. And Dorinthia said, honey, that's nothing but the Holy Spirit. And that's true. And so it blessed my heart. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. A lot of times folks say, what do I do? The answer's in the word of God. This journey I'm going to take you on won't be my thoughts. Why not rev you a pastor? Come on. I'm human. My thoughts cost me 12 years in the penitentiary. Who am I to stand up in here and tell you what I think? Let me stand up and tell you what the word of God says. Because if you get the word of God in you, it will keep you. It kept me the 12 years. Oh, rev, you was big. I served a big God. That's what kept me them 12 years. Understand that. Signs don't make a difference in there. Don't care how big you is. Get seven or eight of them boys grab a hold of you. You get small real quick. But God is a big God. And that's the God that we serve. And I just want to thank him. And to me, it also blessed my heart. You guys hear me a lot of times. I'll say, hey, praise the Lord. You're my brother. Or you're my sister and brother from another mother. I don't say that lightly. Understand what I'm saying. We have a different mother, but we have the same father. That's my brother from another mother right there. Jim, love him. That's my Harley riding buddy. We ride them bikes. But we love our Jesus too. You know what I'm saying? So again, if you happen to hear me call you my brother from another mother, don't take it light. Because we have one father, guys. Earl, we got the same dad, man. His name is Jesus Christ. And when we recognize that, anything that comes against us, 
we can conquer it. A lot of folks say, well, you know what? How can you get up there? Listen, I'll tell you right now. I'll be the first one to tell you I'm not perfect. But one thing I can tell you, I'm closer to God now than I've ever been in my life. But are you there? No. My 80-year-old grandfather told me, if you ever talk to a preacher and he tell you he has arrived, get up and walk out of his church. (laughs) Why? Because we're on a journey. We're trying to get someplace. And until I breathe my last breath, I haven't made it yet. So who am I to say, oh, I made it, you guys. No, I didn't. When I take my last breath, I made it. And so again, that is my focus today. I would really like to talk about a personal relationship with God and what we need to know about God. First John 4 and 10 says, in this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the appropriation or the cost. I like to say the cost of our sin. That's a new King James version. You look in the NIV. You know what I'm saying? It's different, but it's the same thing. He sent him. You know what I'm saying? And God want us to know him, guys. Acts 17 and 27 states, so that they seek the Lord in hopes that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Guys, we must understand. When I say guys, I mean girl too. God is not some faraway land. He's right here. He's tangible. He is the Word. Time spent in the Word is time spent with God. You know what I'm saying? You're like, really? Yes. Spend time in your Word. You know what I'm saying? Well, so-and-so ain't doing it. Get your eyes off of so-and-so. Get your eyes back on Jesus. The Bible is a mirror, you guys. And I'm talking from personal experience. I used to read the Bible when I was younger. And I read it. Hey, you know what? Hey, Earl ain't doing this. And the Bible says this. You know what? Pastor Josh said this, but the Bible says this. That's a young Christian. When you get a little more mature, when you read that word, you begin to see yourself in that word. And when you see yourself in that word, things really will change. Because God shows you what you need to change you for that personal relationship. How much Pastor Josh reads the word has nothing to do with Rev's personal relationship with God. It has to do with his. Our time spent with God is awesome. Another one that I love is Psalms 42, 1 through 3. Now, now this is David, and I love him. But again, was David perfect? Not by a long shot. What you mean? He wrote, yeah, he wrote the majority of the Psalms. But David was not perfect. You know what I'm saying? He had some questionable times in his life. But guess what? He had a personal relationship with the Lord. He was quick to hit his knees and to repent. And I thank God for that. And I pray, Lord, give me the spirit of David. Not to make the mistakes, but to be quick to say, Lord, forgive me. I made a mistake, Father. I'm not perfect, Lord. Understand that. Because the enemy will beat you up with condemnation. Oh, I can't go to church. I just smoked that joint. You know what? Come to church anyway. Because believe it or not, you don't stop 
doing wrong by trying to stop doing wrong. You want to stop doing wrong, do more right. Spend more time in the Word. Then guess what? Your appetite for wrong is not as grabbing or groping as so much. You know what I'm saying? David said, as a deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, God. There got to be a hunger. You know what I'm saying? On a good warm day, and I'm not working, I hunger to get on that Harley. You know what I'm saying? Why? Just to get out and let the wind blow in my face. After being locked in a cage for 12 years, it's uh, refreshing to see no barbed wire and just shoot down that road. You know what I'm saying? But I thank God for that. God, he wants a personal relationship with you. How do your personal relationship look? Give yourself a checkup from the neck up. Now, I can help you with my wife's personal relationship, but she's my wife. Y'all see her praising up there? That's not a Sunday act. That's who she is. Even at home. And on Sunday morning, she got a little thing. She goes, la, 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 la. And I be, and I, and I be teasing her, but she's training her voice. She be drinking this throat tea and talking about how nasty it is. But you know what I'm saying? But again, it's who she is. Oh, it's okay. It's who she is. Y'all would never see that. Y'all, all y'all see is her up there giving her praise unto God. But that's who she is. And I thank God for her. But again, her personal relationship ain't going to make me get through them pearly gates. My mom's back there, personal relationship. Every morning, early in the morning when I live there, between four and five, I get woke up to somebody speaking in tongues. On and on and on. But I'm thinking, wow, this is awesome though. God, you bring me home from the penitentiary and you set me in my mother's house and she's speaking in tongues at four in the morning? That's her personal relationship with God. As much as she loves her children, guess what, mom? We can't make it to heaven on your uh, sweater tail. But what do we do? We look to people like that as our examples. We look to David. You know what I'm saying? Well, he made some mistakes. Well, come on. Don't follow the man's mistakes. Follow his successes. Leave a legacy. What will my daughter, what will my son have to say about me when it's all said and done? What I would like for them to say is, you know what? Daddy had an awesome personal relationship with God. And he left an example for me to follow. And to me, that's awesome. But guess what? Everyone in here, you're born with what? We have a problem, you guys. Sin. Don't deny it. It's like playing hide and seek with God. He know you did it. So I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to hide over here behind the corner. God sees me. So when we deny our sin, Satan is lying to us. Because as long as we deny it, we won't get forgiveness from it. Who are we lying to? Like I said, God sees all and knows all. So the thing that's wrong with us, our relationship with God has been broken by sin. We have all made choices showing that we are inclined to be passively indifferent from God. Isaiah 53 and 6 Reads, we all, it didn't say some of us, we all like sheep have gone astray. 
each of us has turned our own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of it all. Now, that's a beautiful verse. Because if you look at the top part of that verse, we all, it didn't say some of us, like sheep have all gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. But look at our God, you guys. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. On who is the him? That should be a capital H because it's Jesus. So if God laid our sin on him, why are we still walking around with it? Let go of it and let God. We got an awesome God. But as long as we're holding on to it, he can't work with it. Know that. God wants us to, he wants to be able to let you turn it loose. I love him. (laughs) Hallelujah. Actively opposed to God. That's good. That's good likewise. John 3, 19 through 20. And that reads, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light. Because their deeds were evil. Come on, y'all. We're talking facts. We're talking what the word of God says. So don't be thinking, oh, I'm all that or you all that because you're not. We are in need of God. Every one of us in here is on a journey. Where you are is between you and God. But you are on a journey. You're somewhere between A and Z. A being your birth. Z being your death. I don't think I'm talking to no dead folks in here. You know what I'm saying? So again, we're in there. As Pastor Earl was speaking in his message, guess what? Get in where you fit in. Because somewhere along there, you're right there. I don't know who I'm talking to, but guess what? I'm preaching to myself this morning. I'm along that journey as well. I'm telling you guys, I have not made it. But I'm telling you, I have the confidence to know I'm further along than I've ever been in my life. I'm closer to the Lord now than I've ever been. But I still got a long way to go. I have more lives to touch, Pastor Earl. Too many folks don't know Jesus. Come on. And if your heart's for God, guess what? You do less sin and you do more godly things. Which I don't want to get ahead of myself. But God is awesome. And I just thank Him. And I praise Him because of that. And... My next one is Ephesians 2 and 1, 2, 3. It says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the rulers of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Understand, you guys, it's a process that we're going through. Don't be so hard on yourself. That's the enemy, spirit of condemnation. Every night I found myself in the penitentiary, talk about myself. I ain't talking about nobody else, but if your shoe fits, snug, snug your toe on down in there. But myself, at the end of the day, I would say, Lord, if I did anybody wrong, forgive me. Help me, Lord, to be a little better tomorrow. Than what I was today. Let your word flow through me just a little bit more, Father. Give me the clarity. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. A lot of times we just think God knows. Yeah, he knows. 
But the Bible says we have not because we ask not. Let's ask the Lord for what we want. Call those things that be not as though you want them to be. You're not lying. You're speaking prophetically. Come on. And again, everybody in here is at a different stage, a different spot in their life. It's personal. What Earl's asking for, I may not be asking for it. Do it make it wrong that I'm not asking for it? Not at all. I'm going to ask for what I need. So I can continue to move on. Romans 5 and 12. Therefore, just as though one man's sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men. I told you guys you were born to die. But you know you can be born twice. Die once. Now I'm speaking spiritually. I'm not talking naturally. I don't got no Nicodemuses. Y'all know y'all can't climb up in your mother's womb a second time to get pushed out. But you crucify that sinful nature. And it's something, guess what? That we should do on a daily basis. We should live a life of repentance. But guess what? Once you die once, you don't have to die again. You don't have to experience a second death. And that's what the Lord, I'm passionate about. I don't want to experience that and I don't want no one else to experience that. But that comes from when we make it to Z and we haven't made the Lord the Lord of our life. I've had folks in the penitentiary say, hey, Rev, if God loves us, he ain't going to send nobody to hell. You're right. God ain't sending nobody to hell. You send yourself to hell. You make that choice. And again, you make that choice a lot of times out of ignorance of the word. We need to understand the power that is in the word of God. Because when you can understand that, again, well, pastor, I do this, this, and this, and this. As a pastor, spend a little more time in a word. Let's pray about this. Hey, I'll fast with you on this issue and yada, yada. Guess what? Slowly but gradually, you do less wrong. You know what I'm saying? If you was going out to the bar and drinking, you spend a little more time in the word, you ain't going to have so much time to go to the bar. But it's a process, you guys. And again, don't be hard on yourself. It took a while for the Lord to get to me. Know that. And he used to tell me, hey, you ain't going to never be able to preach because you ain't going to be perfect. I used to believe that trash. But you know what? God ain't looking for perfect folks. I can't even take you in the Bible and show you the folks who he used. David's mighty men. Them men did some extraordinary things. But do you know where they came from? It was a band of rebels, y'all. What? Oh, yeah. But they were skilled. I'm telling you, the Bible is packed with stories like that. And again, God wants a personal relationship with each and every person in here. Know that. And also know, God did some things for us. This is awesome. God has provided the solution for our lost relationship. What? God wants a personal relationship with you, but he knows that we was all born in a sin. So what do God go and do? He go and provides a way so we can have that personal relationship with God. Favorite verse. Everybody should know it. John 3.16. For God. Come on, read it with me. Y'all know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have 
eternal life. Hey, they made it to Z then, okay? You don't experience eternal life right here. And so again, that's where we're trying to go, right there. And God made a way. So that personal relationship I'm talking to you about, which I don't want to get ahead of myself, is not with God, it's with Jesus. Why? Because in a minute, Jesus is going to tell you he is the way. In fact, he's the only way. And again, if I'm offending somebody, guess what? I'm sorry, it's not me, it's the word of God. And if the word of God is offending you, you need to be offended. Because guess what? A lot of times it's taking offense to make us look into something. And a lot of times we need to look into ourselves. John 14 and 6 states, Jesus answered. Uh Uh-oh, what did he say there? I am the way and the truth and the life. No one but rails, no, no, no. No one comes to the Father except through me. As good as Earl's sermon was this morning, good Earl, you can't take nobody to heaven, man. Y'all can believe in Earl from now until you're blue in the face. You ain't gonna get to heaven. Right there. That's the only way. It's the only way. You know what I'm saying? And it was so neat. In a penitentiary, I've dealt with all kind of folks. Well, what about it? Ain't all religions the same? No, they're not! And don't be scared to stand up and tell folks. You know what I'm saying? Listen, none of us perfect. But we not to, we need to stand on the knowledge that we have. You're going to slip. It's okay. Get up, dust yourself off, and keep going forward. You're on a journey. You start off at A when you're born. You're over there at Z when you're dead. Where are you at? Are you at M? Are you at N? Do I have any 80 or 90 year old people? Y'all probably closer to X or Y. But it's okay. It's not a bad thing. But it's not a bad thing. I get tired of people looking at death and, oh, it's so bad. I lost my loved one. Listen, if your loved one a Christian, they spend their entire life trying to make it to heaven. I lost my mother in the penitentiary. I seen men in there when they lose their mom. And at the level of security I was, I was a level three. In other words, they don't let you out to go to no funerals. You're doing too much time. And so our wonderful state of Ohio say, guess what? You're doing all these years. We can't let you go to a funeral. Even though you're going to have two armed guards, you got 30 family members at that funeral. What is two guns against 24? Nothing. So they won't allow inmates to go to even your mother's funeral until you get your security level dropped. Well, my mom passed. Went on to heaven, I may add, when I was still at a level three. So, no, there was no going to the funeral. But when I got on my knees and was talking to the Lord, the Lord let me look at death in a whole new light, you guys. I felt closer to my mother when she passed. I was on my knees in my cell praying and I could feel my mother's presence. Yep. Oh, real, that just, nope. Uh-uh, I'm telling you. Me and my mom wasn't ever that close. But toward the end, she came to visit me in a penitentiary. She repented. We prayed together. We cried together. An awesome time me and my mother had. They called me up to tell me she was dead. I told the chaplain, I already know. you telling me that my mom passed. How do you know that, Rev? Come on, what do you mean, how do I know that? Go ask me. Uh, you know it's okay to cry. Cry? She made Z, you guys. When I saw my mom, she was in a body cast. She had arthritis of the spine, the degenerous kind that eat away the spine. My sister has it at 44. She just had operation and had 
major discs replaced in her back. They just degenerate. It's like, I'm not no medical doctor, but they just kind of turn to dust. You know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Yeah. And she haven't made Z yet in her spine trying to turn back to dust. Something wrong with that. But anyway, my mother was in pain. The Holy Spirit assured me mom ain't in pain no more. And then I had a chaplain say, well, aren't you going to cry? And I'm like, no, I'm happy for my mom. I'm not going to be so selfish. I'm going to miss her. Sure enough. And that's when I talk to folks who lose a loved one. If you know they in heaven, you're going to miss them. But come on. Put your big boy pants on. Grow up. They lived a life. You were born to die. So when they make it, be happy for them, you guys. You know what I'm saying? Because that's on their journey. They're on a journey there. And I thank God for that journey. First Peter 3 and 18. It says, for Christ also suffered once for sin, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the spirit, you guys. Right here, yes, be more concerned with spiritual things. Not the earthly things, but Christ died for our sins. You haven't done anything that's so bad. It's not covered by the blood of Jesus. But it's hard to walk with God when you have a condemnation spirit in your mind telling you I done did this and I done did this and I'm not worthy. I'm telling you because of the blood of Christ you're more than worthy. And guess who knows that more than anybody else? Lying, stinking Satan. But he don't want you to know that. He want you to beat yourself up. Well, I did this, I did this. Come on. Leave it at the foot of the cross. It's covered. And if it's covered by the blood, forget it. I know it's hard. because uh, you, you know why? Because Satan will remind you of it. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 through 6 says, For what I... Now, check this out. Now, this is the Apostle Paul. And he is... Paul is saying, For what I receive, I pass on to you. As of first importance... Pay attention to that. Because if things put in order, they put in order for a reason. But Paul says, of first importance, what? That Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day, according to Rev, no, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than five hundred of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Wow, Paul didn't say they died. No, because if you're my brother from another mother, bro, you already died once. You're not dying again. When you take your last breath here, guess what? You're living, Jim. (laughs) <laughs> and they say heaven is full of a lot of... <laughs> I think they got Harley than heaven. I don't know for sure. I don't know for sure. But <laughs> that's my personal thing. I haven't read it in the Bible, okay? I mean, but again. <laughs> it say heaven is full of good things. But I'll tell you one thing. I would learn love to burn rubber on streets of gold. You imagine that man? Whoa, and just drop that clutch. Man, leave a nice 10 foot long black hand. Oh, yeah. So when I breathe my last here... And a lot of folks who are younger than me may see that day come to pass. Don't be sick. 
Picture me burning rubber down the streets of heaven. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and having Jonah. Hey, Ray, what you doing? Now, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's all right. But again, that's how we have to be. Know that. Paul says some have fallen asleep. They didn't die, you guys. Death is not a bad thing. Because if so, on our journey, when we get older, I've talked to people who's older and they say, you know what? I'm ready to go home, Rev. Tired of hurting. Tired of being in pain. But don't no family member want their loved one to say that? Why not? For your family member to be able to say that, guess what? They have to be confident and know where they're going. And if they know where they're going, who would want to slack about getting to heaven? Come on. Now, what do we need to do? We must personally trust Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Our own efforts to earn God's acceptance are inadequate, you guys. Titus 3 and 5. 4. Exactly. It's 4 through 6. But but when the kindness and the love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. So you mean it's not by my actions? It's not because I baptize some folks? It's not because I get up? No. No. Understand that. And that's where the enemy beats us up at. We're not good enough. I beg to tell you, you can't be good enough to make it to heaven. No matter how good you think you are. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. His righteousness. Jesus, whose blood covers us. He's our ticket in, guys. And that to me is awesome. The way, and again, the scriptures. Remember how Paul kept referring back to the scriptures. Back to the scriptures. Rev going to refer you back to the scriptures. Why? Because whatever Rev says ain't good enough. You call me at 3 o'clock in the morning, I may not answer my phone. Because I got to get up at 4 and go to work. But you call on Jesus at 3 o'clock in the morning, he's right there, you guys. He's right there. How about at 2.30 you know, on a Friday night? Oh yeah, he's still right there for you. So again, the Holy Spirit put in my heart, lead people to him. How you doing inside a penitentiary? Because sometime on level three, you're on lockdown. You only get to come out of your cell just a little time, get a shower, a little bit of wreck, and you get back in that cage. So when I'm in my cage, they can't talk to me. But that's when you get to see them start talking to the Lord. Because that is what matters more than anything else. Romans 3 and 23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You're in there, guys. You really have called me a sinner. I sure did. And as Paul said, I'm one. I can raise my hand to that one too. That's why we live a life of repentance, you guys. We're not perfect. Well, how about Pastor Josh and Joy, you know? No. They love the Lord, but they're not perfect. They live a life of repentance. And that's why a preacher can get up there and preach when he understands that. I don't have to be perfect. I just have to love God. I have to know whose I am. And because I make a mistake, don't make me a mistake. For we are all sinners. Understand, God loves us. And there's nothing like the love of God. 
Now, here goes someone. You don't want to be like the Pharisee in Luke 18. It says, the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like them other people's robbers, evildoers, adulterers, and even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I pay my tithes. I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector, that's who you want to be like. He stood at a distance. He wouldn't even look up. But he bowed down, beat his breast, and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. What did he do? He recognized he needed a God. He recognized he made a mistake. He recognized. So in our personal relationship with God, we must recognize the state of, of a being we are in. Once you recognize it, then they have a solution for it. And the solution is just accepting Jesus. Absolutely amazing and powerful. I loved it. John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human dissension, or a husband's will, but born of God. So when you are my brother from another mother, guess what? We don't have the same mother, but we have the same father. You are my brother in Christ. You are my sister in Christ. And you know what? Families should care for one another. I know the old adage, you know what I'm saying? Family do your worse than anybody else. Yeah, and that's true. In the world. But in a Christian family, you guys, we need to look out for one another. Amen. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is a gift of God. Why? Not by works so that no one can boast. That's why. If you can do something yourself, you wouldn't have to depend on Jesus. But our salvation is not depend on your best efforts. Like I told you, they're like a filthy rag. Our salvation depends on what Jesus already did. He don't have to do it. He's already done it. Now, another scripture that I love that goes along with this is Titus, verse 2, starting at verse 11. It tells you what grace can do. I'm not going to tell you. Let's read what the Bible says grace does. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say... No to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live a self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, which is at Z, you guys, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So it's talking about your own journey. And what does grace does is teaches us. Teaching is a process. It don't come overnight. When God started working on me, I was tore up from the floor up. It was a process to get me to where I am. And guess what? It's a process still to get me to where I got to go. But as our song said, he's not going to give up on us, guys. He's never going to give up. And then when you were singing, I'm thinking, wow, Lord, I didn't notice that in the first service. But you're right. He'll never give up. Never. And where do we begin? 
with a personal relationship with God. We're right back where we started. That personal relationship with God. God has some assurances for us. But that personal relationship with God, I'm going to show you how hard it is. I would like everyone to repeat after me. Dear God, I know that my sin has separated me from you. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, in my place. Now I'm trusting Jesus to forgive my sins. I invite him into my life as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for receiving me into your eternal family. In Jesus' name, amen. Guess what? You're on a journey now. Is it that simple? It's that simple. It's just the devil don't want you to think it is. And guess what? Just by saying that, let's look at 1 John 5 and 13. It says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know, you don't doubt, that you may know that you have eternal life. Wow. You have an assurance. An assurance of what? Eternal life. You have to scratch your head and be like, what? And what do it say in Hebrews 13 and 5? Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. You know that song, I'll never let you go? Ah, yeah. It's right there. It's biblical. What? He's there for you. He'll never let you go. Colossians 2, 13 and 14. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, you guys. All of them. He's not remembering one of them. I used to believe when I get to heaven, they say, God, go have your life up on the screen. Oh, I'd have been embarrassed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but that's not the God we serve, you guys. And to finish up with Galatians 5 and 25, the praise team can go ahead and go up. Galatians 5 and 25 says, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. And I say that to say this. Don't you let the devil, don't you let another person condemn you. Ain't none of us perfect. We're all on a journey. And what God wants with each and every person in this room and out there is to have a personal relationship with him. And you can only do that through Jesus Christ. So again, I'm not going to open the altar for anybody who want to have a personal relationship. Because guess what? You're on a journey. <laughs> Rev tricked you. Because if you said that prayer and you asked the Lord to forgive you, guess what? He's forgiven you. Now you're on a journey. Where you go from here depends on you. But you must start somewhere. And a quick little commercial before you leave. We are looking for greeters and ushers. So guess what? To get on that 